Welcome to Church Alive. We're located in the heart of Rutherford, New Jersey, and we're ready to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome home. How many ready for the word today? Title of my message is, if you'd like to take notes in church, hope again. Hope again. Turn to your neighbor and tell them they look sensational. Even if you're looking next to no one, just tell that person you're going to be friend. They look sensational. Who's ready for Super Bowl coming up soon? <laughs> Who couldn't care less? <laughs> who, who uh, it's the only football game you watch is Super Bowl Sunday. It's the only one because everyone's having a party and, and so forth. <laughs> Jump on the bandwagon. It's all good. I love the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis is the book of beginnings. The book of Genesis is when God began to breathe and speak into creation. We hear about our destiny. We hear about our origin. We hear about that God made us in His image. And you fast forward a little bit in Genesis and you see the fall of man in Genesis 3. You see the first murder of the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 4. Cain and Abel over honor, over favor. You fast forward just a little bit and you see Noah, the man of faith, building a boat. And and it's really a type and a picture of Christ that would come and anyone who would walk through the door of the boat would be saved. Um, In Genesis chapter 11, you see the Tower of Babel. And the Tower of Babel is when the mankind was building such an enormous uh, building that God came down and said, you know what, Let's, let's separate them. Let's spread them throughout all the world. And then we find the father Abraham. Abraham is in Genesis chapter 12. Well, he's 75. And God speaks to him basically and says, it's not time to retire, Abraham. It's time to hope again. Someone say hope again. He's 75, can't have kids whatsoever, and God says, I'm going to bless you and make you great. And he's like, what? 75, my wife is, cannot have a baby, and so forth. And God says, I want you to hope again. Well, years go past. He's 90, and God says, I want you to hope again. And he's like, God, it's been 15 years since you talked to me, and you told me to hope again, and the person who's going to take all my inheritance, all my money, isn't even mine. He's like, what good is it? And God says to him, hope again. And 99 years old, 20, if my math is right, 24 years later. Some of you are proud of me, like, yeah, good job. You passed the third grade right there. You're smarter than a fourth grader. 24 years later, God says to him when he's 99 years old, by the way, I want you to hope again. And he hopes again, and he has a son, Isaac. And Isaac has Jacob. And Jacob is actually a deceptive little fairy boy, to be honest. That's who he is. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> but God meets with him, and he changes him into a deceptive young little boy. And he says, you know what? You're not going to be a deceptive young little boy. You are going to be Israel. You're going to be a prince with God. You're going to be a ruler with God. And he decides, you know what? I'm going to have lots of babies. So he has 12 sons. He's like, I'm going to fill a carton of eggs. I am going to have a dozen and and and. Twelve of these babies are going to produce a huge scrambled omelet. Amen. And the youngest of that little egg is a guy by the name of Joseph. 
And Joseph is young, and Joseph is kind of cocky, and Joseph is arrogant a little bit, to be honest. And he's 17 years old. And the Bible says, in Genesis chapter 37, verse 1, the Bible says, and we begin to, to catch up on our boy called Joseph. Are you with me? Who brought your Bible to church? How many just never do, because I always have it on the screen? <laughs> More of you. All right. Don't worry, Jesus loves you anyway. <laughs> Joseph, uh, sorry, Genesis chapter 37, verse 1. Why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to read the word. Then we're going to pray and believe for the touch of God upon this place. You ready? Do you, do you believe you came to church to waste your time? No? You actually want to hear from heaven? Hear from the word? Genesis 37, verse 1. The Bible says, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, and his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. It was a bit of a tattle, a, a, a tale, tattle, tale, tattle, tale. There we go. That was a tongue twister. If ever there was one on a Sunday morning, a, a tattle, tattle. A tattletale. There we go. Thank you. I love receiving English instruction from mainly immigrants. <laughs> All the Brazilians in the house said. All the Portuguese in the house said. If you're from some other random country, say amen. <laughs> All right. Lots of you. I told you. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. Parental advice. Don't do that. Ever, because he had been born to him in his old age. I don't care what your excuse, parents. Don't love one more than the other. And he made him an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Someone say, all the more. And he said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Just turn to your name and tell them, don't tell everyone every dream you have. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more. Some would say all the more. Because of his dream and what he'd said, then he had another dream and told it to his brothers. Let's, because it didn't work the first time, let's do it a second time. It's not the smartest, you know, tool in the shed. Listen, he said, I have had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me just in case you thought I was obnoxious before. Now everyone's going to worship me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father had rebuked him, his best parental moment there and said what is this dream you had will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you his brothers were jealous of him but his father kept the matter in mind come on let's pray Jesus we love you we praise you and Holy Spirit I invite your presence here right now flow through your servant into your children right now Lord breathe the breath of heaven 
into this place. Lord, let it go from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. Anoint them with faith. Lord, I pray for one discouraged or one going through a rough time. I pray that you would speak a word in due season. I pray for those who are called to accomplish more than they are currently accomplishing. I pray that you would breathe the breath of life into them. In Jesus' name, Lord, let your word produce great fruit, 30, 60, and 100-fold, I pray, in the name of Jesus. And a faith-filled church said... Come on, high-five someone and tell them this one's for you. What did you dream of being when you were young? Can we give a shout-out? Can, can someone tell me what you dreamt of when you were young? Astronaut. Teacher. Pole vaulter. Lawyer. A male nurse, <laughs> ballerina, race car driver, rich, <laughs> princess, Superman. We all wanted to be Superman, let's be honest. Except maybe if you're a woman and then you want to be Wonder Woman, but we at least, at least for a day you were like, wow, I want to shoot lasers out of my eyes. Amen. I want to fly. I want to be strong. Um, just don't eat a kryptonite sandwich. That's what you thought. Well, anyway, the other day I was, uh, actually yesterday I was playing with my son and daughter and we were literally running around the house uh, shooting each other with bow and arrows. We got bow and arrows for Christmas as every good parent gets their uh, five and three year old uh, bow and arrows and so forth. And we're shooting each other with bow and arrows. And then there was one point of the game where my daughter drops her bow and arrow and just like, I don't need a bow and arrow. I'm a princess. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is flipping awesome. My daughter knows she is meant to be a princess. However, it's easy to hope when you're young, isn't it? It is so easy to have dreams when you're young because you have not realized yet that there are constraints many times to our dreams. There are even boxes that perhaps our personality or our talent or our family situation has allowed us to be in. And actually, I've found that some of the greatest things you can do as an adult is not so much dream outside the box, but dream in the box. In essence, dream within your gifting, within your talent circle, within the things that God has called you to do. In actual fact, think about it. Maybe you want to start a business one day, but dream within that set of skills. Are you with me? That way you're not always dreaming and hoping for something that can never happen. How many of you know if you're four foot seven and white and can't jump, you're not going to go in the NBA? Doesn't matter how hard you try, doesn't matter how hard you pray, but you're like, but Jesus said, if I just believe, I can achieve. No. Because many times, sometimes what we hope for isn't what God's plan for our lives is. Are you with me? But doesn't life have a way of just beating the dreams out of you? Doesn't life have a way of just, whoo, 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 whoo. Boom. And just, uh, what? 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 I thought it was awesome. And I was meant to be a princess and I was meant to be a soldier. And you thought you were meant to be amazing. And then all of a sudden you got in and, and life beat the junk out of you. And somebody uppercutted you. And somebody beat you. And that's what ho happens to our boy Joseph. He is young. He's 17. He's got dreams and so forth. And he says them to his brothers. And his brothers hate him. And I've actually found that the dream of God... Because it is not just any dream, it is a dream of heaven. 
It is a dream of God that God has put within this young man. The dream of heaven actually has some people who want to attack it. And so you've got to understand, if you are going to accomplish all that God wants you to accomplish and do all that God wants you to accomplish, it's not just dreamy, but there's going to be a fight to accomplishing that dream. Are you with me? Someone say, exceed. I believe the word of the Lord for our house this year is exceed. Can we, as people, I don't care what, how old you are, I don't care how life has thrown things your way, can we get back to childlike faith? Childlike faith, when you can believe for anything, when you can, in essence, sit on the the, the knee of Jesus and say, Lord, I believe you. Because God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than all we ask or imagine, according to the power of God in us. Are you with me? Joseph's brothers tried to crush his hope with words, and when that didn't work, they throw him in a pit. It's a bad day. He's full of hope, and he gets thrown in the pit. He's full of hope and he gets thrown down. And I don't believe he was in the, in, the, in the pit thinking, I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. Think about it every night and day. Spread my wings and fly away. I believe I can fly. <laughs> every once in a while, you're just going to sing something. Amen? No, just because... You should be filled with hope. Doesn't mean every day you're going to be filled with hope. But I want you to know that faith people have to hope again. I want you to know that the Christian life, many times, sometimes it'll kick you, but something will kick you. But I want to encourage you to hope again. As a church leader, as someone who's, Miriam and I planted a church in the first year of our church. We had eight people show up to a basement in the first service. We're just like, oh my gosh, we hope someone shows up and all this kind of stuff. And 50 people showed up and we're like, woo, come on. They were all from another church and, 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 and from a father and all this kind of stuff. And we're like, man, we're doing awesome. And do you know, after six weeks, there were 90 people there. And we're like, man, it's growing. It's doing good. And did you know that six weeks later, there were 37 people there? And I was like, oh, where'd they go? <laughs> They don't like me. And two years later, there were still 37 people there. But God had put in my heart a dream to literally impact thousands of people. And Miriam, I remember we were having a conversation one night. She's like, honey, um, you sure you meant to do this? (laughs) And I said, well, we can't quit. And we moved from Carney to Rutherford, and we had 25 people, and then we had one service, we had 17, and 10 of them were guests, and three of them were fleas. <laughs> we were counting rats. <laughs> I think that rat got saved. He put up his hand, he's in the back. It was at an Elks Lodge, and rats getting drunk but getting saved in the back. Good preaching, Australian boy, you know what I'm saying? But I've learned year after year after year after year after year, I've got to hope again. Are you with me? doesn't matter if it's a bad year or a good year. I don't want to get stuck in last year. I've got to pray and I've got to hope again. Are you with me? And Joseph had to learn the hard lesson that sometimes you've got to hope again. And he gets rescued out of a pit. And he's like, good, I get, I get rescued out of a pit. And then he's sold into slavery. He went from the the frying pan to the fire. 
he gets sold into slavery. At least Potiphar shows up, and Potiphar's like, I'll have a couple of gold pieces, I'll throw his way. Brings him into his house. But here's what I know about Joseph. Joseph had to hope again because he was then promoted in part of his house higher than anyone. Part of his steps out of the way, says, listen, the hand of God is upon you. The favor of God is upon your life. You have an attitude about you. You have a hard work about you. You have an ethic about you. You should have lost hope, but you haven't lost hope. And now I'm promoting you literally to be second in charge to me in my house and here's what you got to know, church. Just because you have a dream doesn't mean you, you don't have to work hard. Just because you have a dream doesn't mean you don't have to hope again. Just because you have a dream from God doesn't mean you've got to address some attitude problems in your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, address some attitude problems. Turn to the person that said that to you and just say, I did because I didn't slap you. Some of you use self-control in church, and I'm proud of you. You're like, I was going to beat you, but I'm in the house of God. I'll wait till later. No, you need to change. And, and Joseph is promoted, and along comes temptation. And I've often found that after promotion, temptation wants to come along. Two high heels and a miniskirt comes along with Joseph. And, and, and actually after the Christian life, I've actually learned this, that after your greatest success is often a time when the devil will come. And he is promoted to be the ruler in part of his house and a sexy young little girl called Hotifer shows up. He's like, hey, come to bed with me. And she doesn't say it one time. Day after day, the Bible says, day after day, and he's got no church he's going to, he's got no preacher preaching to him, he's got no self-help books, he's not listening to Tony Robbins' speech, he's not listening to the Pope, Brian Houston, I don't care who you're listening to, he's, he's, but somehow he's filled with God. He knows if I do this, the dream inside me may well die. If I do this, the dream inside me will die. That's why young people need dreams. That's why if you're 20s, you need dreams. That's why if you're 30s, you need dreams. That's why if you're 40s, you need dreams. That's why if you're 50s or 60s or 70s, the, the Acts 2 says that in, in the last days, God will pour out His Spirit and old people will dream dreams. It means that God is not done with you. And it is so imperative that I have a dream in my heart. For the Bible says where there is no dream or there is no revelation or is no picture of success or vision, people perish or they throw off restraint. Throw off restraint. Joseph was going to throw off restraint, but he had a dream. Joseph was going to throw off restraint, but he had hope. Joseph was going to throw off restraint and he had every right to. He's like, man, I'm just in Egypt hanging out. Why can't I just have a good time? But 30 minutes could have well cost him his destiny. Genesis 40, he gets promoted. He shows character. And his reward for showing character was getting demoted. He gets thrown into prison. The Bible says in Genesis 40 verse 21, But the Lord was with Joseph. Someone say, he's still with me. But the Lord was with Joseph. And he showed him kindness, and he caused the prison warden to like him. You don't need everyone to like you, but you do need the right people to like you, right? 
Don't be one of those Christians who thinks everyone's persecuting them. Sometimes you're just being weird. That's true. Right? We need some people to like us. Because if no one likes you, no one listens to you. Are you with me? Right? Have you ever listened to a preacher you don't like? No, you walk out. Turn off the TV. I don't like this guy. Why? You need the favor of God. You don't get promoted unless you have favor. Right? You don't get a boyfriend unless you have favor. You don't get a girlfriend unless you have favor. You and I need favor. Amen? I'm praying for favor for some of you. Some single people. I'm praying for your favor. Praying all week for you got favor. The right kind of favor, not the wrong kind of favor. You know? Not flavor, but favor. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> not flavor flavor come or buy but i'm talking favor from the lord are you with me he is in the prison and all of a sudden there's a moment and two king's officers a, a guy that gives the king wine and a guy that gives the king uh, bread one day he the, the 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 one with the wine comes along he offers the king a merlot the king does not like the merlot he's like spits it out on him like get to prison the other guy comes along maybe some moldy bread i don't know the deal but he gives him some bread king's like get out of here and joseph is over these men and they have a dream and one of them has a dream that all of a sudden in three days this crazy thing happens and he looks at joseph and joseph's like i'm gonna pray and i'm gonna ask god what he thinks the other guy looks at him and says, you know what, let's do the same. So he looks at one. He says, listen, three days you are going to get promoted. And he looks at the other one. And guys looking at him, hoping for a good report. He says, three days, you're going to die. He's <laughs> like, I need some encouragement right now. Right? It happens. And the Bible actually says, though the one gets promoted, Rom gets promoted to the king's table. And you are meant to remember Joseph. Right? And two years later, you forget him. And Joseph is hanging out in prison for two years. Have you ever had a rough season in your life? Have you ever had a rough time in your life? Have you ever had a time where everyone was talking about joy and peace and you're like, I'm having a rough season. And Joseph has a rough season, really, for two years. And we don't know the story. We don't know the backdrop. We don't know if he lost hope. We don't know if he's like cussing and swearing and, and hating life. But I kind of have a sense that he somehow held on to God even in the rough season. And I think all of us have to learn that thing, that we will have rough seasons, we will have winter moments, but hang on to God and allow Him to infuse hope into you in the rough seasons. Are you with me? Come on, are you with me? The Bible says in Genesis 40, 23, He forgot all about Him. But two years later, and all of a sudden, Joseph is promoted he interprets a dream. You probably know the story. He, he says, listen, king, seven years going to be awesome. Seven years going to be bad. Let's save 20% of our money, throw it into a bank account. Let's keep it in the Swiss so they don't tax us or nothing. And then all of a sudden, years later, there's famine out throughout the world. And his brothers come on trudging back. They're looking for food. And he rules and reigns. And these 10 brothers, one's at home, comes to him. And now he sees his brothers. And they don't even recognize him because he's dressed up so nice. They think he's dead. They're not looking for him. And he looks at them and he should have crushed them. He should have just said, you know what, let's, let's get these guys. Let's throw them in the dungeon. Let's throw them in the pit. Let's throw them. And he should have, but he has a dream in his heart. Are you with me? I want to encourage you to hope again. Listen to what Scripture says in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope 
feel the weight of that for a moment. May the God of hope, may the God of hope, he doesn't have hope, he is hope, right? He doesn't have love, he is love. He doesn't have grace, he is grace. He doesn't have truth, he is truth. May the God of hope, right, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. How do you have hope in hopeless situations? You what? You trust. Someone say trust is a must or you'll bust. That was corny. So that you may overflow or exceed or abound with what? Hope. Do you know that marriages fail for lack of hope? Economies literally fall because of hope, a business, a church. It doesn't matter what it is. Hope is necessary for the soul. And hope actually is the springboard I've found to faith. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, For faith is the substance of things hoped for. If I don't have hope, it's hard to have faith for something. Are you with me? Someone say, I want to abound in hope. But watch this now. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Who you connected to. Who you connected to. Let me, let me show you real quick. I hope sometimes when you leave church that maybe one scripture comes alive to you. And, and sometimes in, in church where we kind of think that we should um, read like lots of the Bible and so forth, and that's awesome, right? Read as much as you can. But sometimes what you've got to do is honestly just sit on a verse and just sit on this verse and sit on it and sit on it and sit on it. Man, you, lots, how many men, you don't really like to read? Just put your hands, you're not really a reader. Okay, let me try to help you, okay? Because sometimes I've been telling people for 10 years, read your Bible, and then I realize some people just don't read. So I feel like I'm like hitting my head against the wall. I'm like, Jesus, how do I get him to grow? You don't need to be a reader. You need one verse. You need one truth. Someone say one truth. Take this verse and just eat it. What do I mean? Just start to think about it. Start to pray about it. Start to say, put this verse on the screen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. And just go, God, um, I have joy. I'm reading this verse, but I don't have joy. I don't have peace. May the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace. I think it's good sometimes just go, man, I have joy. I have peace. Is anyone else with me? Sometimes read scripture and read stuff. You're like, I don't have this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Well, that's a great place to start. Man, I don't have joy and peace. So God, can I have joy and peace? And now all of a sudden he's like, yeah. Because you asked for it, I'll give it to you. Come on, I'm trying to teach you how to spend time in the Bible yourself. Are you with me? You need to sit on a verse. Can I get the uh, piano player to come back? May the God of hope fill you, not just a little bit, right? Fill you with all joy and peace as you what? As you trust in Him. And then the Lord might just deal with you and just say, you don't trust in me. Like, what what do you mean? I'm I'm spending time with you. And He's like, yeah, but I've been dealing with you on this thing and you don't trust in me. I want you to break up with that girl, but you won't do it. I want you to honor me with the finances, but you won't do it. And he might just convict you of one little thing. And he's just like, I want you to trust in me. But he's like, okay, how do I trust in you? 
And, and so often what Jesus does is, is he's like, okay, I want you to jump. You're at church, you're like, oh man, I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump. And then you get out of church and he's like, okay, jump. You're like, no, just kidding. You ever done that before? Right? You're, you're, oh, sorry. Lighting, lighting team. Wants to kill me? The Lord speaks to you to do something. And you're like, hold up. But Magno and the team aren't worshiping now. And I can lift my hands, but he's asking you to do something. And he's asking you to do something, and it takes you to. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm okay. I didn't break my ankle. I'm good. And the Lord's just trying to teach you to trust. Are you with me? May the God of hope fill me, fill you, fill your family with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow. Come on, say overflow. Say exceed. You may overflow with hope through what? The power of the Holy Spirit, not even my circumstance. I want your circumstance to be great. Don't get me wrong. Beloved, I pray above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul would prosper. But sometimes your circumstance isn't good. And can you hope in that? I want to talk to some people who maybe, you, you got baptized a number of years ago, but for some reason, ever since you got baptized, you started backsliding, and I want you to hope again. I, some of you, you, got, you were praying for someone to get healed, they didn't get healed, and now you find a very difficult time to pray for anyone to get healed. And I just want to tell you, hope again. I've prayed for people that have been healed. I've prayed for people that haven't been healed. I've preached people got saved. I've preached people got backslid. Hope again. I believe God wants to do something so significant in our church this year, but guess who He's going to do it through? He's going to do it through hope-filled, faith-filled people. But I want to tell you, the Christian life actually is about hoping again. The Christian life is about hoping again. Getting up again on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and saying, man, my marriage is tough right now, but hope again. Because if you don't, the dream that God has put within you, it may die. The ministry that God has for you, it may die. The thing that God has for you might die. You might like, man, I, 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 I tithed for like six months and it was still hard. I just want to tell you hope again. Believe again. Can I tell you that every person in Scripture that I see almost had to hope again? Joseph had to hope again. Jonah in the belly of a fish for three days he's got to hope again the disciples leave Jesus they're going to hope again Peter denies him three times Jesus shows up and says hope again last year two years ago I felt like God gave me a theme for our church and it was passion at the time, our church was a good church. It was, it was a growing church, but I just felt like the word on my heart for 2013 was passion. 
And I just prayed throughout the whole year, just preached a lot. Lord, let our church be a church of passion. We literally changed the name of our church from Good Shepherd to Church Alive. And something changed in the heart of our church. Something shifted in the heart of our church. And, and, and the church got on fire and the core got on fire with, with God. And last year, I, I was just praying, God, what was our theme? And I just felt like it was passion and health. I wanted our church to be passionate and I wanted to be healthy. And last year, I just really felt like we began to see a shift in our church, not just of passion, but of health. But I really believe the theme that sits in my heart for this year is exceed. Can we believe? Can we believe? Can you reset your faith? Can you reset it sometimes? Can you just shift again? Can you hope again? Can you believe again that God will use this place to bring more people to Him? That God will use this place to see more people come to Christ? Come on, church, can you believe that God will see us do super and abundantly above all that we ask or imagine? Can we believe again? Can you get on fire? You might have been a Christian for 30 years. Can you get on fire again? Don't be one of those Christians that the longer you've been a Christian, you just get colder and you get stale and you get stuck. No, hope again. You might have been a Christian five years and you felt you just can't get over a certain sin. Just keep hoping again. Hope again. Hope again. Why don't you bow your head and close your eyes? Father, I preach my heart out. You do the miracles now. Lord, we've spoken your word. You do the miracles now. Holy Spirit, I invite you to walk across every aisle and touch every heart even now. And I pray that even in this moment right now, and I pray that through this week, that you would be infusing your people with hope that you would have them reconnecting with you? Would you shift things in our hearts that need to be shifted? Would you shift it in the heart of marriages, in the heart of um, people who just feel like they've lost the fire and lost the edge, God? God, I pray you'd shift something in this place. I trust you to do something exceedingly and abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. Breathe on your people now. Breathe on your church. God, there's leaders in here. But they don't even know they're leaders. Breathe on them. There's people that can make such a difference for you. And all they see is sometimes their sin. God, breathe on them. There's difficult situations, God. Breathe on them. Cause them to hope again. Cause them to come to life again. Heads bowed, eyes closed just for a moment. If you're here and you feel disconnected from God, if you're here and you've never accepted Christ into your heart, I just want to take a moment and talk to you for a second. There is a Father in heaven that loves you more than you could ever, ever imagine. 
and his love is exceeding and it is abundant it is bigger than you've ever thought he actually thought you were so worth it that he died upon a cross for you he allowed his son to be brutally murdered literally so that you and i would not be disconnected from god that you and i would be connected to god and if you're here today and you've run from god i want to tell you if you're running from god you don't understand the grace of god for if you understand the love and grace of god you'll run to god You might be running from God because of certain lifestyle. And I'm just encouraging you right now just to make that one turn, that one step. For if you'll step in the direction of God, He will step in your direction. If you'll turn to God, He will turn to you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He will put His Spirit in you. But it takes a moment where we say yes to Jesus. Maybe you're watching online today. and Today, you need to run back to Christ. Today, you need to say yes to Christ. And if you're here, right here, right now, you feel far away from God, I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want you to slip up your hand, slip it up real high and say, Pastor Anthony, would you pray for me and pray with me? Thank you, honey. All across this place, put your hands up, put your hands up real high. Thanks, bro, in the middle. Thank you, mate. All right there. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am, there. One, two, three, four. Thank you, ma'am, in the back there. Awesome. So good to see. Anyone else, real quick, slip up your hands, slip up real high. Thanks, honey. God bless you. Thanks, that lady there. That's awesome. Anyone else, real quick, you feel like, man, the Spirit of God is drawing you, and you just need to come on back. You need to come on back to Christ. Man, God's doing something. God's doing something. God's drawing people. I want to include you in a prayer just in a moment. And can we pray this as a whole church family? Jesus, thank you. When I'd lost hope, you hoped for me. Thank you. You died for me. Thank you for rising from the dead. Lord, right now, I put my trust in you. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life. Be my savior. Be my friend. Fill me with your purpose. Fill me with your life. I don't have the answers. But I know you do. So right now, I don't trust in my good works, but I trust in you. Fill me now, Jesus, with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, and everyone said, come on, can we give those people a hand that raise their hand? And God bless you guys. We love you guys and praying for you. Hey, for those of you. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching. I pray that this message has impacted your life in a powerful, powerful way. If you feel like it has, email us at connect at churchalive.tv or if you accepted Christ today for the very first time or you feel like you're running back to the Lord today, email us again and let us know. I know that's going to be encouragement to me. It's going to be encouragement to other people who serve as part of our church. God bless you. See you next time.